We are ND Nation Podcast, a new era of Irish football with your host, me, Evan J. Thomas, and my new co-host, Dennis Stover, as we will bring you special guests throughout the season. We will go deep with your Irish football coverage in a way that you haven't seen or heard before. Dennis and Evan are just two best friends, lifelong Irish fans, bringing you the best Notre Dame football coverage, analysis, and our opinions on a weekly basis. You can watch or listen to the We Are ND Nation podcast on YouTube every Friday during the season on WeAreNDNation.com. Follow us on the socials. We are ND Nation. Go Irish. All right, let's rock and roll, Irish fans. This week's We Are ND Nation podcast, we will have our takes on this past weekend's 44-24 victory at Syracuse, our preview and predictions of the huge matchup this weekend against number five Clemson Tigers as they come into South Bend, our Name That Former ND Players segment. I am Evan J. Thomas. With me always is my host, Dennis Stover. But to kick off, I got to make this introduction like you wouldn't believe. So I'm honored to introduce our special guest today. And his trophy case has to be stacked. So we have the starting nose tackle on the 1988 Notre Dame National Championship team. The 1990 Lombardi Award winner as the nation's top college lineman. The MVP of the 1991 Orange Bowl. He was enshrined into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2007. Drafted in the second round of the 1991 NFL Draft by the Chicago Bears. He's the host of the Super 16 Poll Show, which you can check out on his YouTube channel, God, I'm so excited to welcome to the We Are ND Nation podcast, one and only great of Notre Dame, Chris Zorich. And that, that's an awesome introduction. I like that. I mean, I would like to hire you as my hype man. That's awesome. I, I could do this every day. I mean, if you want to do that at your, uh, you know, when you do your tailgate, I could bring you up anytime you want to. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how are you doing? What's new with you? Uh, good. Actually, I'm really excited about the season, and 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 I know folks have kind of talked about how crazy it was, and it kind of brushed it off a little bit. But I, I'm I'm a huge fan of adversity and seeing what adversity can do for your team or as an individual. And I think uh, we've had a chance to kind of see what happens when you uh, perform well against a really good team and you lose a game and then you turn around and you lay a complete egg against an unknown team. So I think having a chance to kind of experience that and kind of the, the ups and downs of the season, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see where, where the Irish are now. All right. So we're going to just go with our first reactions of Notre Dame beating ranked Syracuse at Syracuse 44 to 24. After seeing the complete game, Chris, what is your take on how they kind of played throughout the full game? Dennis and I go texting back and forth every game day. So we, he and I have a lot of uh, interesting insights as well. But I want to hear yours first. No, I'm sure. Do you want to do the X-rated version or the, the version? No X-rated. So here's the thing. You can swear here. So feel free. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, just as you talked about with Dennis, I have some buddies that I kind of um, text back and forth and call as well. And a lot of it is like, what the hell? What the F? You know, I mean, all this stuff is kind of crazy. And a lot of these are former players that played on the on the ADA team. So we're all kind of like, what's he doing? What, what about this run? Oh, I could have done that. And so you get a bunch of old 50, 55-year-old guys talking shit on a, on a, on a text chain. is absolutely hilarious. But 
um, the idea that that they that there were some good points in the game, but um, one of the things that that I've yet to see, which Alabama does, Clemson does, Georgia does, um, is really kind of having a chance to put away a team. I mean, take that boot and put it on their neck and just leave it on there. And unfortunately, the Irish have it have not had a chance to do that. And um, I was going to say, I'm going to have Dennis go next because he and I go back. And like I said, Dennis has been saying, and you're going to say it right now, full game. Speak. Yeah, I said it right before you came on, uh, Chris. Uh, they can't put a complete game together. They were close. I when I, I think at halftime, I texted them and I was like, that might have been the best half of the season for yep. them. Um, Granted, Pine was – he's still not – I think, like I said, I think Pine has met his – I think he's at his ceiling. I don't think we'll get much sure. else out of him. I really don't. He can't push the ball downfield. Guys are open. He's missing them. Um, he doesn't make his progressions fast enough. I don't know. And I, maybe even Tommy. I think Tommy is is maybe at this point, like the first time he yelled at him and lit him up, you know, it, it, it worked. But now maybe that approach, if he's still getting on him, Maybe it's not working for the kid and he's shutting down. I don't know. Maybe he's put, he's like pressing or pushing too much. Like, you know, he's stressed or something. And he's just doesn't – sometimes he just doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. And if you look at that third quarter right after halftime, we were both going, what happened to the run game? Because that run game was hitting. Yeah. hitting <laughs> well, they hitting. went back to it in the fourth, obviously. I don't know why Tommy gets off the game plan the way he does. He gets too cute and just like run the damn football. You have three running backs. Yeah, and and Pine finishes in the game. I have the stats right here in front of me. Nine for 19, 116 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, like you said, Tommy Reese kind of changed that game plan after halftime and went more with the pass, and you could just tell that Pine wasn't comfortable at all because he kept rolling out. He kept either getting sacked or just throwing the ball or just trying to run, but right. yeah, he just didn't look comfortable there at all. But then they went back to the run, and they finished and, it off. And they put him, they put him away, which was that was nice backing up what Chris was saying. It, you know, they really do need to just uh put a team away, you know, with some bad intentions, you know, lay him on the mat. I I just I don't know. And how are how are you seeing how Reese is working with the offense, Chris? What are you what are you seeing in terms of um, you know, the game plan, especially this past weekend? Well, they haven't proved. I mean, we went from watching them against Ohio State kind of to play, not to lose the game. You could really never do that. Um, so you kind of have that situation, and then you see what he's done against Syracuse. Has there been improvement? Yes, there has. But, I mean, there has been improvement. But as a whole, I mean, you want – you expect – we're all expecting more. Um, even though the quarterback isn't the – the type of quarterback they they wanted going into the season. Um, the idea is, is that if you're this mastermind offensive guru, then <laughs> let's see something. Yeah, yeah. But like I said at the beginning, the running game was just they went off. I mean, you had estimated twenty carries, one hundred twenty three yards, two touchdowns. Diggs had twenty carries, eighty five yards. Total offense, fifty six carries, two hundred forty six yards, three TDs, four point four yards per carry. I mean. That's what works. Was the, best, the best game to the O line has played. I think the, the the offensive line played him probably the best game. Uh, if you take you know if you want to give the game ball to, I'd give it to the whole offensive line honestly because they yeah they, would, they had they were holding blocks and they were really muscling. I mean, granted, Syracuse's line is a little smaller, but uh, 
Still, I mean, we didn't push around Stanford. I'm still hurting over that one. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, Dennis. I mean, the idea that that Stanford could come in here, and I yeah. think their their streak was they hadn't beaten a Division One team. I think it's eleven games or twelve games. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that, but the idea that that we we kind of play down our competition yep. is just so frustrating. I mean, you 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 look at what happened with a ranked BYU and then a ranked Syracuse. And then it's, you know, how could you lose against Stanford? Yeah. And North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina's only lost one game now. And so right. they're back right. in the top five. And so. I was going to ask Chris, and Dennis and I talk about this too, what is the deal with them playing so well, not at home, but <laughs> at home? What's going on with that? Is it stress? Is it, you know, just try? like you said, they're playing down to their competition at home. What's yeah. going on with that? Well, I would really have to say it's probably distractions on both the coaches and players' part. Um, the idea that you're you're playing better away is just mind-boggling to me. I mean, you have a, a rabid fan base, and you have kind of all the hype that goes around when you're at home, and you're actually playing better away. I mean, that's that's kind of scary. And for one, I mean, I would have to blame the head coach, Marcus Freeman, for that issue, because, I mean, you're supposed to welcome being at home. You're supposed to be excited about having a chance to play in front of your fans, your family and everything. But I think it may be a case where, where they're uh, looking at it where it's kind of uh, overwhelming, so to speak. Um, I think what happened, and I've said this on my podcast, that the idea that they went from almost beating – and Ohio State team in the first game, or they were leading going into the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and they didn't think they'd actually be there, right? I mean, honestly, but let's I mean, Ohio State's a great team. Yeah. Um, and Notre Dame had a new head coach, uh, new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many things that the everything was stacked against them. And then all of a sudden, they go into halftime with the lead, and they're like, whoa, we could actually do this. So that's where the whole kind of playing not to lose came in. And then I just really think that they were honestly full of themselves after that game. Uh, they only dropped a couple uh, spots in the rankings, and they they really thought they were that good. And then they had a Marshall team that could come in, into their house that wanted it more than they did. Yep. And regardless of who comes in your house, I don't care if it was Stanford or, Cle- or excuse me, uh, Clemson or – um, Marshall, they should have taken care of business, but they didn't. And so we talk about um, the offensive line, defensive line on that game. I mean, it was atrocious. I mean, there were players, there were defensive linemen who were in the the end zone, kind of on their backs with their the Marshall's offensive lineman on top of them. So uh, that's just really unacceptable. And so uh, I think it's kind of to answer your question. I I really think they they, they need to kind of treat the home games like they're doing with the away games, which is kind of, it's kind of a business trip um, as opposed to right. being able to spend time with their family and friends, maybe just seclude them now from like Thursday on or something like that. I mean, you have to find something that works because you're, you're playing a great opponent in Clemson and you want to mimic that away game atmosphere. If that's, a, if that's what, what, what you're, if you're having your best games, in your away games, you got to mimic that atmosphere uh, at, at home. 
I was just going to say almost the same thing before you even got there. The fact that, to me, the fans that actually travel are at other stadiums aren't at the home games all the time. And as Dennis alluded to me a few times, it's also the atmosphere of the stadium once they start losing, too. So oh, it gets so quiet. I said the other what the one game uh, a couple weeks ago. I said, "What is this place? A nursing home?" I was like, "It was so." That, mean, there was no enthusiasm. I'm like, these fans are terrible. I don't know what's going on. I mean, the Vegas game, the Syracuse game, North Carolina, all the Notre Dame fans. I mean, they're just going nuts. Obviously, Chris, you see it kind of as as they go too. I mean, it's it's like a different experience when you're on the road compared at home. And it's not necessarily supposed to be that way. I mean, I've been at all the home games this year, and okay. the the crowds are loud. But Dennis, to your point, after a certain point, they're not loud anymore. Right. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with the age of the folks that are there. The <laughs> body yeah. is, is those only 10,000. So when you start looking at all of the all the factors that kind of go into who's attending the games – then maybe you realize, well, maybe these might not be like your rabid, crazy, diehard fans. They may be a little older. And then when you talk about the price point of the ticket, um, right. older folks can, can can afford tickets a little bit better. So then all of a sudden you're saying, okay, well, who was our target audience? Well, I, I remember the last game I think Evan and I went to was 2013 SC. I think we were by the student section. or And then there was – we were uh, the student section was in front of us, and then so we were standing. That's what it was. We were right behind them, and then there was a couple people behind, them, and they're asking us to sit down. And I'm like, I re- I am not sitting down. This is USC Notre Dame, and we haven't beat them in how long? You're right. out of your mind, right? And that's I, that's you know, and again, that was whatever, almost ten years ago. But still, that's what I feel it is now. It's just like it's so quiet sometimes. I'm like. What's wrong with you guys? Yeah, it's oh, and then it's interesting. I was fortunate enough to actually work. I spent some time working in the Nerdian Athletic Department, and had the fortunate opportunity to be on the the football scheduling committee. And you know, I had no idea what went into actually scheduling our opponents until wow. I sat on this committee. And the idea that you know they they want to find good competition in November. It's really challenging, mm-hmm. and, and then with 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 all these super conferences kind of uh, attracting mm-hmm. all these larger schools, these big names, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you want to find somebody attractive that that you will actually sell tickets for, right? Because who's gonna want to who's gonna want to go to Marshall in <laughs> November? You, nope, you know what I'm right? saying? Yeah. So being able yeah. to to schedule your your better teams later in the year at home is important. And, and so that kind of goes along with what, what you're talking about, Dennis, as far as the, the, the fans. And then uh, I think their, their their biggest fear is having NBC take the camera and pan the whole stadium and then find empty seats. Yeah, well, there, there were some empty seats at the UNLV game. They saw on the one in the, I forget what direction, but the far corner away from the tunnel, uh, it was pretty empty. I don't know if that's reserved for UNLV fans or not, but there's some empty seats. I have yet to been to the the new stadium since it's been uh, updated, if you will. No, um, you haven't. That's yeah, because right. I've, I've been in New York, so I've really I got to get to a game. Uh, but um, it just doesn't seem, you know. I watched uh, the other day. Uh, what was it? The uh, the snowball, the ninety game, um, and that place is nuts. You know, like the old Notre Dame Stadium. Right. Not one person is sitting. 
and, and they're just everyone's losing their mind. And it's just like we should have that right. every game, no matter who we're playing. But yes, the ACC scheduling thing, I think that's hurt our whole schedule a lot because the sure. ACC is a terrible conference, and we get what maybe two teams, uh, two games a year from them that are you know we got Clemson this year, which is nice. So mm-hmm. but yeah, the home schedule is terrible. Yeah, it's, except for um, yeah, except for Clemson, there's really nobody out there that <laughs> really is enticing to go to because UNLV, Marshall, Cal, um, Stanford, Stanford, yeah, at the time in Boston there, College, right? They still have Boston College, which I should hopefully be there too. So yeah, those are the home games except for Clemson, which is number five. So I just want to before we say, I just got to ask because this is I think a perfect question to ask Chris. Chris, do you think ND should be in a conference? Um. That's a really kind of an interesting question. And I, being an athletic, former athletic director and having a chance to kind of spend time working at Notre Dame, um, I kind of see it from both sides. Right. I mean, the idea of kind of a rabid, crazy fan wanting them to kind of play the, the best football they can and joining the best conference they can is a different conversation if you're an administrator or the athletic director and at the end of the day, this is not about football. It's about the actual university. And so you have to find a conference where the mission of the university aligns well with the the other schools in the conference. So okay. that's why you'll never see Notre Dame join the SEC, right? Because right. <laughs> the idea of the, the, the academia, maybe not in, as far as research, although there's some great institutions in the in the SEC, it's just they're not like minded. Okay, so when you look at, at the conferences, they they might be like minded with. I mean, you obviously, you have the relationship with the ACC, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, as you mentioned, Dennis, the the ACC isn't that strong in athletics, and so right. what what they would want to do is find a great academic institution in one side, but then also have the the athletic right. prowess on the other. Now, at the end of the day. It's not up to the athletic director, it's up to the board. And uh-huh. so, you know, the idea would be to convince, have the president and the athletic director convince, you know, a board of 30 people that it's important for us to join a conference on the academic side. Because athletically, I mean, we haven't joined one since, and it's been, you know, 1842 since Notre started. And right. they, they, they had the, they've had the opportunities over the years, but they've always, always declined. And everybody says, well, they just want to keep the money. That may be part of it. But the question is, if any of those other schools had a chance to be as independent as Notre Dame was, would they be? And of course, yeah. the answer is yes. And so now when you look at, however, um, the, the, the latest uh, big 10 um, media um, contract, they're talking about schools maybe getting anywhere from like 80 to 100 million a yep. year. Yeah. Now, but every school. Right. Exactly. So now you're talking about Rutgers and Maryland and Northwestern getting 100 million. And I believe the, the, the Notre Dame conference, or excuse me, the Notre Dame contract with NBC is supposed to be around 70 to 75 million. So yep. the idea would be okay, if they're, if they're getting more money, is that attractive? And then at the end of the day, you can say, well, if it's only $25 million, we could probably get that from some of our alums, and maybe we wouldn't have to join the conference yet. But 
the one thing folks aren't talking about is the ability for these super conferences to lock Notre Dame out. Which right. Well, I'm sure some the of them are trying issue. to do that. Right. Yeah. It's um. I, I I I say from a perspective of if we never play another game, obviously if they move to a 12 team format playoff, then we'll be fine. But if it, you know, how long is that going to be? And then will it get to maybe it will be eight? I don't know. I don't know how set in stone that is. And then, then we, but I'm thinking from a 13 game standpoint, because Notre Dame has to run the table at this point to get into the playoff. A one loss Notre Dame would not get in ever. I, I mean, unless the one loss was to a number one team at the time, and it was, you know, game of the century kind of the atmosphere, then maybe, but I think that's, that's my only reason. I, Cause I'm, you know, I've been cheering for Notre Dame, obviously watching you. Uh, <laughs> um, You've been watching for about a hundred years. Huh? Well, yeah, we were in high school when you played, so right. Thank, uh, I feel a lot better now because you have a gray beard, I believe, Evan. And, yeah, I do. You know, you, you great. So you were in high, you were you were in high school when I was playing. Oh yeah, we were. Uh, yeah, we were in great. high school. So you I'm were forty seven. It's forty seven. I'm you know very great. Yeah, yeah, I feel a lot better now. Thanks, guys. Like, <laughs> you're <welcome. laughs> yeah, you're only they like look better than us. So you look six years older than me. So there you go. So you're on that. <laughs> We're, we're actually going to take a quick break, but before that, every week we do this little uh, fun oh. name that former ND player. So what I do is I give Dennis a bunch of stats on a player when they played, and then after we come from break, he is going to try to reveal who it is. So I will reveal, but he will try to guess. So here we go. Dennis, you ready? I'm ready. All right. This tight end played at Notre Dame from 1989 to 1992. He has a total of 28 receptions in his career, 360 yards receiving, five career touchdowns. Any idea who that might be? Don't say who it I'm is. I'm not going to say it. I'm not, I was just – I think I I can remember the name. Yeah. I think right. I got it, but so I, I, might, take, I might get the players confused. We're going to take just a quick little hiatus. We'll be right back. We're going to go into – our predictions, and what to expect from the the Clemson game this coming week. All here, we got Dennis Stover, I'm Evan J. Thomas, and the one and only Chris Zorich here on the We Are ND Nation podcast. Be right back. The E2B2 podcast featuring father and son duo Evan J. Thomas and Brandon Thomas. Who is your daddy and what does he do? As we discuss our lives, life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Pop culture and some of the best movies. John Wick. Oh yeah, and some duds. Listen to the E2B2 podcast on BadassProductions1.com in the on-demand section under E2B2. How funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Or listen to Spotify, Google Podcasts, or almost anywhere you can get your podcasts. I can't guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. Oh yeah, and Brandon, guess what? No. I. Yeah, we get it. You are my father. All right, welcome back to the We Are ND Nation podcast. Evan J. Thomas, Dennis Stover, and the one and only Hall of Famer Chris Zorich with us today on the We Are ND Nation podcast. Right before the break, I gave Dennis um, the stats for the name that former ND player. So I'm going to do it once again, and hopefully he can guess who it is. So, tight end. Played from 1989 to 1992. So he played with Chris, obviously. 
I wonder if Chris knows who this is without even me giving uh, the stats. What was he again? You said 89? 89 to 92. So he was yeah. a former, former uh, a teammate. 28 catches, 360 yards, five total touchdowns. Dennis, who is that former ND player? Oh, man. I got my year mixed up. I was going to say this one. I think you've got me good with this one, man. I usually uh, Again, five five touchdowns, eighty. What was his stats again? I just clicked out of it. It was like twenty eight, oh. three sixty, and five touchdowns. Does, is, is his son a current player in the NFL? Oh, that's a good Dennis, one. I was on. gonna say, come uh, on, Dennis, you got it. Now you, you got to guess it now. Hey, who I, was, I was gonna say. Uh, Go ahead. I'll let you throw the name out there first. And then oh, it's McBride, McBride, isn't it? Okay, the other um, guest who I've been trying to get on with Chris is oh. Irv Smith. Irv Smith. God. Well, I was going to say, yeah. how many former I... players How many former players have children in the NFL? You know, I mean, right. That's kind yeah, of right now. Especially. I was, that, it was driving me nuts because I'm like, why didn't, we, why didn't he come to Notre Dame? Because he went to he's at Bama, right? Well, no, he, it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, actually, I had him on my podcast and we talked about uh, it. And it's funny he tried so hard to get Notre Dame to to look at his son, and at the time they just didn't do it. And I mean, he called up a bunch of people over there. They didn't even acknowledge him. So then wow. he goes to Alabama. He wins a national championship. Plays for another one. And get drafted and gets drafted in three years in the second round. And it's currently in the NFL. Yeah. How did Brian Kelly let that slip? Right, exactly. Unfortunately, Holy though, smoke. Irv Smith Jr. is out for eight to ten weeks. That's why the uh Vikings just traded for TJ Hawkinson. Oh, I don't know what happened. I couldn't think you of know? the name. I was thinking of I think uh, it was uh his ankle or something, and it said eight to ten weeks he's out. So wow. I have to send Irv a little message and be like, "Hey, man, sorry to hear about your kid. I know you know him more than I do, but I've been conversing wow. with him." On, so yeah, it's a it's a shot for the kid to be playing. But yeah, unfortunately, they did trade for another tight end. Um, so Dennis, unfortunately, got this one wrong. Stumped you, unfortunately. Wow, 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 yeah, you got wow, me wow. good on that one. Well, I, I kept thinking it was um, who Oscar. caught the game in the who caught the first touchdown in the, I forget in the, in the West Virginia the national championship game. It was uh, McBride, wasn't it? Derek Brown. Derek Brown. That's that's why I kept, I kept going to Derek Brown. That's what I was going to say, but then he said 1989. And that's why Derek that's was. I kept thinking it was Derek Brown. So, yeah. That's who I kept thinking. Okay. Good one, Evan. So, we're going to move forward to this weekend's Notre Dame versus Clemson Tigers game, November 5th, 6.30 oh, there it is. on NBC. Well, at least 6.30 my time. I think 7.30 Dennis's time. So, Let's see. I got the stats right in front of me on uh, what to expect. So Notre Dame is a four-point underdog. And, only third, uh, wow, they're only giving Clemson four? Wow. Yeah, only four points, even though Clemson – How many did, did Syracuse have? Do you remember? Um, I thought it was two and a half. It wasn't much. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it wasn't much. And the over-under, this is crazy, 44 and a half. Really? Wow, really? They think, well – and the teams know. are putting up – Clemson's putting up 37.1 and Notre Dame at 28.4. So they think the defense really? is going to be playing. Well, and it's even. interesting because Syracuse – like, had – I forgot what play it was, but Syracuse should have won the game that they played against Clemson. 
Yeah. They should have. Yeah, they should have. I mean, it was the last second play that they won, right? So uh, I think so, they went up, but Klubnik, I think it was uh, their defense, they threw a pick or something. There was some – I think it was Schrader or whatever messed up at the end, I believe, because they had to bring in Clay Klubnik. So maybe we maybe that'll happen, but then I don't want this kid to come in as, and have this – the freshman glory game, you know, for Clemson at Notre well, Dame Stadium. I think I a lot that. of people also forget that that uh, Clemson also had a bye week last week. So, yep, yeah, they're coming they're off spend the a little bit more time on the Irish this yep. week. Yep, yeah, yeah, I hope Al Golden is ready to call a game because I'm a little concerned about sometimes. So I was just going to ask Dennis, what do you what are you expecting from this week's uh, game against Clemson? I mean, how do you? Uh, I hope Tommy doesn't get cute. I think they should get rid of the phone book playbook and just. Man, I'm, I'm loving the eye formation. Give, run the veer. Like, give it to me. They had the one where they could fake the dive to estimate. And then, you know, I know he's not the quickest, but he could definitely run an option to, to Tyree or something. And it was open. I mean, he could have ran for days. Um, and they haven't seen it. It's just a wrinkle. It's just like play football. Um, you know, um, all the – and please don't do a jet sweep on the goal line again. Uh, <laughs> God, when when I saw the information, I got a little excited. I was like, "Wow, they're yeah. going old school. This is great!" <laughs> and they handed to the fullback. I was I was losing my mind. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that was like '90s football all over again, right? Yeah, sign me up, up, man. Like that's all day. And Chris, what are you what are you expecting from this coming week's game? I mean, offense. Do you think they're going to come out passing, rushing? What what's going to happen here? Well, I would like for them to be consistent, and, and I think that, and, and as we talked about before with the Syracuse game, I mean, go with what you know. And it's really interesting when you look at kind of where this Notre Dame team is and kind of where the uh, the Clemson program is in general. And you know, they have a lot to prove. And I think we're going to get their best. And I think Notre Dame's going to have to play a perfect game and hope that, you know, they're, they're able to cause some – some some fumbles, and we really kind of create some turnovers because, I mean, we're talking about the a top five team in the country coming into an unranked Notre Dame team and coming into their house and with with a bye that they had, and so the idea would be, you know, what is it? What can we? What can Notre Dame do? to to be successful and i think the hardest thing that that i hope they don't do is beat themselves because the idea would be that you have i mean really kind of once in a chance to kind of do this right so we beat ranked teams we faltered against ohio state but you want to talk about kind of a game that that you could really set the tone not only for the rest of this season but also next year I mean, this is the game you have to do it. And I just think we have to play a perfect game, and we haven't played a perfect game yet. So, so that's really what's, what's making me nervous. But more importantly, I think that the offensive line has to take over and really dominate, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what they've been able to do in some of their games. They get to do it consistently. And then at that point, when when you're able to run the ball down someone's throat, then you, you can dictate what, what you're doing on offense. Yeah, I'm right on Saturday. Some of those knucklehead pundits on whatever the sh- programs, the Foxes and the ESPNs, um, will say Notre Dame will have to pass the ball because you know Clemson's front is yeah Clemson. But you know what? Just 
we have a really good offensive line and just, you know, who cares if Clemson can stop the run? I mean, that's our just we run the ball. Be physical. All right. So you what know? I'm going to do is we're going to go to quick break. We're going to come back. going to restart this over. We're going to give our prediction of the game. Stay right here, right on the We Are ND Nation podcast. Dennis Stover, Evan J. Thomas, Chris Zorch, back with you here in about 30 seconds. Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Join me, Evan J. Thomas, for an hour of new rock and metal on the Rock Hard with Evan J. Thomas Show on the Badass Radio Network. Blast that shit. Okay. We are ND Nation Podcast. Evan J. Thomas, Dennis Stover, and our epic guest of the week, Chris Zorich. Holy shit. Man, this is the guest of the season. I don't know. Lee Becker was pretty special. <laughs> Lee Becker. Lee, yeah, champion, we get Lee. Man. Yeah. National champion. And I know you know Lisa Kelly. She's amazing as well. She was our last guest that we had. Yeah, she was fire, well, too. But I'm, I'm in good company because Lisa is awesome. I was fortunate yeah. enough to uh, be featured on the back cover of her new cookbook. So Yeah, that's what she said. Excited. And I'm like, holy cow, it's crazy that you actually did that for her. That's pretty sweet. Well, I want to be on her cookbook. I cook. Yeah, he's a there, chef. There you go. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you know. So before it. we – okay, let's do this. Before we even get into uh, our predictions, Chris, you – you're doing this whole thing next year with Notre Dame and going to Ireland. I mean, tell us about it. What's going on here? Well, we're very excited. We have a chance to kind of grab a, a bunch of former players. And actually, Irv Smith is going to be one of them. And we're yeah. going to go out there and really kind of, I want to say tear up the town, but the idea was just to kind of <laughs> hang out with folks and go to just these amazing, amazing golf courses. And I'm not a big golfer, so it's not fair for me to – I don't want to throw out, like, pars or anything like that. But the idea is that you'll have a chance to really kind of spend some time with uh, a bunch of great players, but more importantly, have a chance to do that in a golf setting. And I, I've seen some of the the, um, the scenery. It's just absolutely, absolutely terrific. And then you'll have me riding around in, in the golf cart smoking cigars, so – <laughs> so so where can we find these packages and like who's all going to be there can you even say who's going to be there so, yeah yeah i can't here let, let me see if i can pull it up um let me see them all because I, I know I, I was sharing it actually on twitter this past week i saw it popping up with your okay thing. and you mentioned it um in the email as well so i'm like yeah let's talk about it because that's my bucket list is go to uh ireland to see notre dame play oh that, that, that's even better yeah Chris, you got a command center there or something. Are you you talking to NASA? I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, you have no idea. You have no idea. Dennis, I got three screens I'm looking at too. So oh, man, I got this shitty iPad with the jersey hung up on a iPad, nail behind wow, that, That's awesome. God, that's hilarious. That is it, hilarious. it works. It works. It's all that matters. Hey, I'm a I'm a real fan, okay? I don't need to paint my face to show it. Right, right. <laughs> you know what? I can't pull it up right now. I'm sorry about that, guys. No, it's okay. And I Maybe was going to edit say, that part out. No, it's it's all good. Uh, that was good. That was good comedy. Dennis and I are going to kind of give a little feedback on, like, he actually got me into watching Notre Dame back in the early 90s when we were high school together. So that's kind of yeah. how we so – I've been watching awesome. him for, I mean, a long time. Like, when I could first, you know, I think in 80 – I think it was, like, around Jerry Faust's, like – Last couple of years. Okay. You know, I was like seven or eight then. And then it just, it took off. And then I started playing football in high school. And the coaches always made references. And then I just obviously happened to be in the glory days of uh, of the last time Notre Dame was, you know, 
in the top five consistently. God damn, man, what a great. And then lucky uh, me, I get to meet Dennis in in our sophomore year of high school, and then oh nice. Afterwards, we he moved around, and then we became uh, roommates a couple different times. But yeah, we've known each other quite a long time. He'd be watching the he'd be watching the early Saturday games when they actually used to play at like. 11 11 30 like last right. and we would do the uh watch the first half get a pizza fall asleep at halftime yeah a lot of memories i uh oh the, the the biggest one i think is uh we weren't watching the game together but i think we had talked it was the 90 it was the phantom clipping call against colorado and I remember, I remember bawling my eyes out at the end of that fucking game, just and being and being super upset too, because how could they just call that flag? I was, you know, because I remember before it's like, oh, there's a rocket, he can run it back, and sure enough, there he goes. And, and it was, I was fortunate enough to actually talk to Rocket about that. So on my podcast, um, wow. if you want to check it out, just go to YouTube.com/slash/Zord50 okay. and. Rocket talks about that and how, oh, yeah. and I didn't even know that he did this, but apparently he pointed to the sidelines to Lou and saying that, yeah, yeah, he's going to return it. <laughs> and, you know, he returned it. And it was he just called a shot. Yeah, it was amazing. Damn. Was absolutely amazing. All right. So, All this shot. is on your, is it on which podcast is it? That you're just a regular one? So, yeah. So, I, I apologize. Well, I have two podcasts, but I have one that goes during the college football season. Which wow. is the Super 16 poll show with me and um, me and my producer? We go over the top 16 teams in the country, and actually, that's normally on Monday nights. But because of some arrangements, we have we have to do it um, on Tuesday night this week. But it's it's a great show, and I mean, I love college football, so it gives me an opportunity just to kind of brag and talk about how awesome all these hundreds of players are and all these other teams. And I'm very, I'm, I mean, I'm not a homer, you know, I, although I love Notre Dame and I have a little segment talking about how Notre Dame did that week. I mean, if Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be there. They don't. Right. And so I had, I mean, some people had Notre Dame in the first week of the season, they had them ranked as high as I want to say five or something like that. No. I had them like a 10 or 11. Yep. Actually, then, I think Dennis and I said, yeah. yeah. And then when they lost the house, they, they were out of my poll. And everybody's like, oh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm like, look, you know, if you if you lose, then, I mean, you have to be subject to to some scrutiny. Yep. And so the idea is that, you know, you got to earn that right back. But I thought it was shocking, actually, that even though they beat a ranked BYU team, I didn't have them, but they didn't move up that far. But a lot of people said that they should have. But at the end of the day, you have to look at the whole season. And they – you know, they shot the bed against Marshall. So do they deserve to to be in the in the top my top sixteen after they 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 beat a a number sixteen BYU and I said no. Right. No, no. And BYU's not that show. So I have that show, but then I also have a show that we did um where I interview uh current or excuse me, former players, and then I had Marcus Schumann on a couple times as well. And just a great idea of getting kind of great conversations. Um, and, and it's interesting because folks will say, well, Chris, they really open up to you. And I was like, well, I share a locker room with a lot of these guys. So, you know, they, they know me. Um, and then even guys who are either younger or older than me who I didn't play with, 
you know, we've, we've, we've dressed in the same locker room. We've worn the same helmet before. So they kind of understand that as well. By the way, if you could ever get me to get Marcus Freeman on, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just asking, a, you know, a friend to a friend, if possible. I heard that. I want to ride in his Ferrari. <laughs> oh, yeah, you saw that. I saw that, too. That's pretty nice. I don't think I could fit, but I saw that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, me and you, those hands that you have, man, holy shit, you, like, engulfed mine. But then again, I got small hands, so. That was that was crazy. All right, so let's try to get back a little bit to this game that we're going to see on. Yeah, set. score predictions, right? We have score predictions coming up. Um, I'm going to go first just because I want Chris to go last. I'm going to have Dennis go second. So I have the final score, and I know I'm kind of being a homer here, but I'm I've been pretty good on actually having been close to the numbers of yeah. the final score. I actually That's nailed impressive. one. What was what was it? The Cal game. I nailed that one spot on. Yeah. Wow. So this one I have Notre Dame winning thirty-seven to thirty-four. Wow, you picked them to win. Interesting. To win. Wow, 37-34. I think they're going to finally Jeez. come out of that shell at home. And like Chris said, it, hopefully Freeman saw how they play away from home to bring that energy back to the stadium and see what happens. But I'm going to say estimate. Michael Mayer, I mean, it, Halloween's over, but I still call him Michael Myers, but that's okay. But I think he's going to actually put up a little bit better than the 3 and 30 or 54 that he did last week. But, yeah, they went with the running game. But, yeah, I'm I'm expecting more they of should've. the big offense. Dennis, I'm going to have you go next with your prediction. Uh, okay, so unless they do anything short of going to the airport, get the plate up, go around Lake Michigan and land back in South Bend, uh, they're going to they get should. smoked. Might they're going to get well. smoked. Uh, I think Clemson. Is, I think Will Shipley's going to rush him, who was once this close to coming to Notre Dame. Um, I think Uba. Oh, I can't. Have, I DJ. Can't, DJ I think DJ. I think is going to have a really good game because <laughs> let's not forget what he did last time at Notre Dame Stadium. He lit him up. Was it five hundred well. yards or was it four? Yeah, damn near. Yeah, it was like four eighty something. I think. I think Dennis froze up there. Dennis, you live? See, it's it's the the, the Nordian gods that are punishing him. Maybe they realize <laughs> that you know this oh, is a a Nordian oh. show, and he should be rooting for Iris. <laughs> it's just funny seeing his frozen face right there. Right. So hopefully he comes back on shortly. But Chris, I'm going to have you then go next on your prediction. What do you think this game so, is looking like? I, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I understand what a frozen Dennis is talking about as well. <laughs> but I really, I, do I think they have a chance? Yes. And so I'm not going to give you a score because I don't have a score. I just want them to win. And I know that sounds kind of trite, but the idea that they 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 can accomplish this if they believe in themselves, if they work hard enough and understand that this is a chance of a lifetime. I mean, the reason why you come to Notre Dame are for games like this. When you have an opportunity to kind of show how great your team is, but also play one of the one of the best teams in the country. So I think that they'll – I think they can win. Now, the question is, will they? And, again, I, as I said before, they're going to have to play a perfect game. Yeah. And Clemson, they – I mean, they've had a whole another week to prepare for Notre Dame. So I think that's going to be a challenge for Notre Dame. But as I said before, 
Notre Dame hasn't played a perfect game yet. So can I think they do I think they can beat them? Yes. Will they? I think they can if they can get that perfect game going. So do you have a final score for the game or are you not? I do not. Okay. I just want to win. One more point than other team. <laughs> That's really all you ask for, isn't it? Just one That's more all. point. Than... At this point, when you play the number five team in the country, you know, all you want to do is I don't care if it's a safety or field goal, whatever it is, extra point. You just want one more point. One more point, and also just don't get embarrassed at home. That's that's my main thing, is especially with this team, because, I mean, they've already lost to Marshall. They've already lost to Stanford, and it's just one of those where it's like, you're playing number five. They could beat you 56 to 12. You never know. And hopefully uh, it just won't happen. So hopefully Notre Dame comes out with a rent. When Dennis is trying to text me saying, he can't connect and it won't let him back in. So I don't know what no. that happened to his uh, recording here, but I was hoping. Well, see, it's, it's the Irish football gods, man. They heard him. He said, <laughs> as soon as he said that their Notre Dame's going to lose, it happened. So here, here, let me do this. Let me see if I can um, connect with him on uh, on a call real quick. And then that way we can get what he was going to finish with. Hey. Sure. hey, there we go. So we got Dennis Stover on the, on the phone right now. I'm calling in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So can I'm you, the 13th caller. I'm the winner. Can you, um, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I think Notre Dame to score 38 to 10. I don't know what happened, guys. My Wi-Fi is good. I'm not, not tech savvy. I apologize. I just can't log on for some reason. So, so Dennis has them losing 38 to 10. Interesting. Okay. okay. And then, uh, Chris, what, just remind Dennis what you said to me about. So I just talked about how I not really care about score. I just want them to have one more point. Um, and we're just talking about how Notre Dame has to play a perfect game in order for them to be successful, but it's going to be kind of tough because Clemson had an extra week to prepare for them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, there you however, go. see, however, I'm still on the show because I didn't say Notre Dame was going to lose. So the football <laughs> gods, the Notre Dame football gods, are punishing you, Dennis, for going against the Irish. I think you're right. I mean, how could I do that in front of a, a Notre Dame legend? <laughs> there you go. See. That's what happens, oh, man. Folks. Yeah, that's uh, I did a bad thing there, man. <laughs> Live and learn. Live and learn. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, what is this? I don't even think this is the first game you've actually picked Notre Dame to lose. Or, you know, you picked them to lose against well, Ohio State. I lost my prediction. Um, See, and I didn't. See? <laughs> so uh yeah I, 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 it's gonna be a tough one well the cool thing about the rest of this video is i'm just gonna put up that frozen picture of dennis and just leave nice. it there for the rest of the show because <laughs> <laughs> you froze up and it was fantastic and i'm like i can keep that on there so So Don't apologize you... to me, man. Apologize to the, the Nerd In guys, man. <laughs> They're the one punishing you. So any anything that you'd like to promote before we go, Chris? Anything, uh, obviously, your Notre Dame stuff for next year at Ireland, your podcast, feel free. Give, tell us sure. Um, well, we, we actually did this exciting thing. This was my wife's idea, but we um, have an Airbnb in the at Notre Dame. And it's really cool because we provide what's called the Zorch Experience. Oh, you get yeah. a helmet jerseys, 
football, all types of side uh, memorabilia. Have a chance to hang out. I hang out with our guests. Um, if anybody wants more information, they can just go to theminiclover.com. That's theminiclover.com and all the information is there. Awesome. I'll put up the link right at the bottom as well when we do this, cool. when I cool. put this up. So that way you can pick that out. I mean, is it like different rates that you have? Is it like obviously different games that, you know, the sure. prices uh, And then we're also doing it for if you just want to hang out and solve the bed. So it's obviously going to be a different rate than during the football season, but you have the option to have the Zords experience attached on to um, your stay at my place. And I'm not going to tell them, tell all these people where your tailgate is, but you have an amazing tailgate out there <laughs> on game days. I got to hang out with you. Actually, not really hang out with you. I got to meet you and like yes. beg you to come on to my show, which you finally did. And I'm on. So there you go. <laughs> but you are here and dude it's been amazing having you on just getting your insight and actually being able to just see you see you work your magic my man so i appreciate that i try i try thank you no problem so again dennis stover evan j thomas our special guest chris zorich this is the we are ending nation podcast you can follow us on the socials we are ending nation on facebook instagram uh, Twitter, also on YouTube, and then our website, WeAreNDNation.com. We also have a new T-shirt out, the We Are Ending Nation T-shirt. You can find that on the website as well. So I got to get more made up. <laughs> I, I only made like two. I got to get those printed. So. There you go. And hopefully you have the 3X in there for me. I, I will. De- okay, now I know the size. So you're really you're a 3X? I thought you were like a 2X. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I even love you even more. I mean, I, I barely fit in this extra large. I feel like my arms are going to pop out of it. But... See, Evan, I love you even more. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, man. You made my day. So until next week, as Dennis and I always say, I always say go Irish, Dennis. You're good. And fuck Michigan. There you go. I love it. I love it. Go <laughs> Irish. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it, man. You got it. Thank you. We are ND Nation Podcast, a new era of Irish football with your host, me, Evan J. Thomas, and my new co-host, Dennis Stover, as we will bring you special guests throughout the season. We will go deep with your Irish football coverage in a way that you haven't seen or heard before. Dennis and Evan are just two best friends, lifelong Irish fans, bringing you the best Notre Dame football coverage, analysis, and our opinions on a weekly basis. You can watch or listen to the We Are ND Nation podcast on YouTube every Friday during the season on WeAreNDNation.com. Follow us on the socials. We are ND Nation. Go Irish.